I'm back for one more on Locked On Syracuse. Uh, we're just going to follow my stream of consciousness today. It's a We're in a no man's land Thursday episode between games. Uh, so this is just going to be random topics from my brain. But you might not be thinking that sounds exciting, but oh, it is. You're going to get a stream right into my brain. You're going to be excited. It's going to be exciting. I'm telling you. It's Locked On Syracuse. It's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Thursday episode. Of Lockdown Syracuse. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Uh, Owen, as I said, we're just going by the Bones brain today. Uh, I also want to say, first and foremost, thank you to everybody who uh, was showing me support in the last episode I was on, I was reading those comments and everybody was being very nice to me. So I very much appreciate that because when we took over the podcast, people were not very happy about it. Uh, and they were going about the opposite of what you guys did in the comment section uh, on that episode. So I really appreciate uh, everything you guys said and your support and your, your good wishes on the future. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate all of you. Um, but we're we'll here for one more. And my first question that I've got, Owen, is one that we talked about a little bit pre-pod. Owen and I always do a little pre-pod talking. How, how good do you feel about Marcus Adams Jr.? People have been asking this on Twitter. They've been tweeting at us. Justin Phillips, I believe, did. He's a, he's a frequent tweet adder. He loves doing at Lockdown, ask us questions. That's actually something I love because people give us, you know, I want you to see this. And they ask us a question, we answer it. Um, but let's do it on the pod. Marcus Adams, a kid we've had on this podcast. First of all, lovely guy. I thought he yeah. was a really sweet kid. Uh, seemed like a really, really nice guy. Uh, just was cool. He, I mean, this kid, by the way, someone someone that I think both you and I, Owen, think is a fantastic player. Uh, I think he would be really, really good for Syracuse to get. He's probably a little bit underrated even. Um, he was just happy to be on the podcast. And he was like, I can't even believe. Like, he was treating the podcast like we were ESPN. Maybe we are. But he was like, I can't even believe I'm here right now. And I was like, all right, Marcus. You know. <laughs> but he, he was a really, really nice guy. Yeah, um, just and, you know, I appreciate pure. It, it was yeah, a pure how, how kid. Like it, yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, I, we, you know, loved having him on, loved talking with him. And, and in that episode, he, he did place us. I think we sort of unofficially, officially leaked the info. Uh, he placed us in the top five, uh, I believe, in that episode. He, he, he officially that, did it know, today. Syracuse is in there, uh, and, and so we've known for about a week now that that, that was the reality, uh, and we weren't exactly sure the other teams. I think this is a good fit. Uh, he strikes me as a player that obviously will will find success anywhere. I, as we said, and maybe I fanboyed over him a little bit, I am so in on him as a player, and I think he's a really, really good talent. If you want to have a little bit of fun, there is – a mic'd up game of him 
uh, on YouTube. I forget what the title is. And he runs his mouth and he chirps in such a productive way. And it's not just some nobody chirping and running their mouth a little bit to no avail, sort of like uh, when an assistant coach chirps Luca and then Luca goes off afterwards. It's not that situation. It is like Luca is chirping an assistant coach and just he will run his mouth to such success. It's almost like Richard Sherman-esque in that it's to a success and it's so beneficial to his game and just like an added layer. And it is just so fun to watch sort of that element and hear that in a mic'd up game to see sort of what kind of player he is. And then the talent is there. The step back is incredible. The spin move is incredible. And when we ask him who he thinks he plays like, and when you see some reports on who he looks like and who he plays like, the answer is Carmelo Anthony. He is a Syracuse fit. I hope Syracuse continues to pursue him. I was talking to him a little bit yesterday, uh, as I mentioned briefly on the pod, seemed to love to visit. Uh, said he wants to come back, which I think is a really good sign because he saw Syracuse on a, was it snowing on Monday? It was not snowing, but it was not an incredible day by any means. So we saw Syracuse in the winter. Hopefully they can buffer him a few months. I don't know exactly what the timetable is for his uh, commitment, but I think it's a really good sign that on a winter night, he comes into Syracuse, has a good time. Uh, and wants to come back. So I I like where it sort of looks right now for Marcus Adams. Yeah, and you know, when you look at the the other teams he put in the top five, UCLA, Oregon, Mississippi State, uh, and Texas, of course, next to Syracuse, I feel pretty good. I don't know about you, but I feel pretty good. I mean, Oregon, sure. I mean, I could see them taking him. UCLA and Texas, I mean, UCLA being the hometown team. I just don't I don't see Mississippi State uh, again. Like, don't don't take this like I'm some kind of recruiting expert because I'm not. I'm going full gut right here. Uh, but I just I feel pretty good about this pool. Uh, I don't necessarily know why, but I do. Um, so maybe Marcus Adams surprises everybody and picks Syracuse. But uh, Joe Tipton did say the UCLA is offered after some people were a little bit skeptical that he had not. Um, yeah. So Adams, I feel good about him. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say this too. I mean, this is a guy that says he still could reclass. Like, this would be gigantic for Syracuse. It's a guy that might reclass to a 23. Well, he told uh, us on the pod that he's a real 23. No, other way around. Oh, really? Right? What's he in 24-7? Whatever he's in 24-7 is incorrect, he said. He's a 24 Um, on 24-7. Is he a 24? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure on the pocket, maybe I'll go rewatch, but I'm pretty sure he said, no, I'm a 23. I think it's the other way around, isn't it? All right, I'll I'll go listen to it. Yeah, because they now have him at 61. You keep talking. I will. I I like this kid. Uh, I really do, and I think that he brings a lot to wherever he goes. I, I think this is a kid, as you mentioned, that is incredibly underrated and really was an unknown. And then about a month ago, he put up 50 points and what was it? 20 plus rebounds in a game. And people were like, okay, there's this kid. And I think it was in the 23s, he went from 160 in the class to like 80 in the class. And now he's 61 in the 24s. So this is a guy that I, I think could be a 23, could reclass there because I do think that they have this updated because when we look at the history there is no history anymore. So they did switch him, I believe, uh, to a 24, which is correct in 24-7. Uh, so this is a guy that, if he reclasses, okay. would be an incredibly valuable asset 
to Syracuse in a non-existent class of 23. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that shakes things up a little bit. I will say the one setback in terms of him becoming a 23 is that there's one position where Syracuse already has too many people, and it is the forward spot. And so that does sort of mix things up. I think this is the kind of guy that could come in and, and really shake up that forward room uh, and possibly have a starting spot as a four uh, or a three probably uh, because he shoots the ball pretty well given that size at six, eight. I think this is a guy that can come in and, and be an immediate guy. Um, so he would shake things up. But when you look at it and you see that in theory, there's Benny, there's Taylor, there's Malik, there is, um, who am I missing? Chris Bell. Uh, there is a loaded room in terms of guys that are there right now that could be good. Uh, I would think Marcus Adams is actually the best of that group in reality. Uh, if he comes in, even with the limited experience, even reclassing uh, to a 23, I think he can come in and watching this guy play, the type of player he can be, uh, the type of impact scorer, his ability to genuinely score at all three levels would make him a, a very, very big impact player. And I think if he might have delayed longer, and I don't know if I want him to know this, if he delayed longer, I think there's bigger offers waiting uh, to chomp at the bit here uh, because that is the type of talent that this kid is uh, and how quickly he's rising. And everything I see, every new clip I see of him further solidifies sort of how good a player I see him as. This may be the player you've raved the most about, maybe since I've ever met you. You love this guy. Um, by the way, I just rewatched the video. You're correct. He is a, currently a 24, and he might reclass to 23, um, which I could totally see, by the way. So we'll see. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, this one brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, yep. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about the new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. That rhymes. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Uh, Owen, what do you like? I am a terrible gambler. <laughs> going to lead with that. But I am going to take in this game the Patrick Mahomes rushing yards under. And I'm very anti-unders usually, but I don't think he's 100% quite yet. Uh, and, and he's there. He's close, but not exactly. And I, I think this this Eagles defense can do a decent job to hold him in check relatively. It's 18 and a half. I'm seeing it at right now. Uh, and I got suckered into the trap of Joe Burrow rushing yards in the Super Bowl last year because I was like, oh, there'll be a play where he just breaks free. No, that's not. that doesn't happen as often as I want to mentally think it does. So give me Patrick Mahomes. Under 18 and a half yards, it's about an even money. It's going to be minus 110 for you. Uh, I like that right now, mentally. All right. Uh, we should put a disclaimer that that's not gambling advice, and I think every bet Owen has offered up Fade. on this podcast has lost. So maybe you should fade him. 
Um, yep. Anyway, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get your you can get paid your winnings instantly. So FanDuel, or so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. And before we get back to the episode, let me tell you about something else that's exciting. Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay, we are back here on Locked On Syracuse. Matt Bonaparte and Owen Valentine with you. Um, another thing I want to talk about today, I was a little bit upset that I didn't get to talk about the topic you guys, you talked about on the mailbag yesterday, which was uh, the team, if nobody transferred, which remind me was, or from last year, that's what it was, right? It would have been last year's team, or last year's season, with the starting five of Kadari, Buddy, Swider, Garrier, and Jesse. Man, that team's so much better than what they actually ended up having. Um, Yeah, I mean... Kadari's just like the perfect top of the zone, right? Uh, and, I mean, so what does that mean? Joe's on the bench? That's what I said was my favorite part, is Joe is But there's no way that Joe would actually be on the bench. There's no way. Correct. But I, I just – this is – it's a hypothetical, Bones. We're going to make it hypothetical. Imagine okay, a world that team, where Joe Girard that team, is a sixth man. You know what? I honestly – hmm. That team probably wins 24 games, I think. I was going to say, they're they're a tournament team, and I, I think – I forget who, who tweeted that at us. They I get think bounced they were correct. They're a tournament team and probably a fringe-ranked team. Honestly, my uh, question is, do they have Bobby Brass? Oh, love Bobby Brass. Like, are we saying every transfer doesn't transfer? Like, do they have Bobby Brass? Do they have Goodine? Like, who do they have? I – I don't know. That's a really good question. Uh, it was not specified in the tweet, so well, I'm going to say, Brass, Bones, better about. it's your last episode. Make it what you want it to be. <laughs> I'm going to say Bobby Braz is there, and Lovely. if he is, I feel a lot better about him because I love Bobby Braz, uh, and he Bobby played great Brad. in the tournament in 21. He was a dog. Freaking love that guy. I was heartbroken when he transferred. Um, I'm going to say they're a tournament team, maybe yeah. like a six seed or something, and they get bounced in like the Sweet 16. Um I think a lot of people think that. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened in 21, except minus the whole uh, six-seed part. Yeah. Um, but it would be – wouldn't it feel so nice for them to be a tournament team without being on the bubble for once? When was the last time that happened? I mean, technically, wasn't it um, – Like, was even 18, I think there were conversations. Was it 19? Were they in as a nine or as an eight? No, they were the nine, weren't they? I think they were an eight and they lost to Baylor who was the nine or flip-flop that was that technically in, or is that, are we, are we still calling that bubble? I'm going to call that bubble. You're going to call that bubble. Would that be, Oh my, um, it's not 18, 17, 
they were in, not in it. Would it be 16? What were they in 16? 10 seed? Is that a bubble? Probably. 16? Uh, hell, heck yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. 15 were the sanctions, right? Uh, so 2014 is going to be the answer. So they went literally as a three seed after the 25-0 and 0 start, number one team in the country. Uh, and they haven't been a non-bubble team since then. Damn near a wow. decade. Almost 10 years. That's uh... sad. <laughs> um, wow. All right. All right. Bones, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Go for it. Because you're parting ways, and so there's there's no repercussions for, for sharing thoughts like this. Oh. Jim Bayheim has gotten a lot of flack in the last few weeks, or the week specifically, for some comments made in press conferences. And I think even a lot of people that were very much pro-Jim and pro-Bayheim have begun to, to change their mindset and change their mentality. Where do you fall in the Jim Beheim conversation right now as you begin your exit from Lockdown Syracuse? As in, do I think he should still be the coach or do I think his comments? Like, what do you mean? Like, what's the question? I, I want to go macro here. In terms of the coaching situation, with Jim Beheim right now. I is think it's it a, I think it is a more complicated topic than people like to make it. There are a lot of people whenever Syracuse is whenever Syracuse loses a basketball game, there are at least however many people saying he should be gone. Um, but you know, you have to think about it like this like he is the reason that a lot of guys get recruited to Syracuse. He's the sole reason. I mean we hear from Jason Jordan. We heard from even Marcus Adams, who uh, made it sound like it was a big deal. He got a call from Bayheim, or uh, Jason Jordan said it's a still it's still a big deal. I got a call from Bayheim. You know, Bayheim called me. It's crazy. Um, it's still a big deal. He's a Hall of Fame coach, uh, and I think that last year's roster, I don't think they would have won many games without him, because that roster was terrible. You put that roster in the hands of another solid coach in the country, I think they win like less than ten games. Um, they were just not athletic. They couldn't do anything. And I think Jim willed them to those wins. Um, I, I know a lot of people like to say he's a bad coach, whatever. I still think he's darn good. Um, you know, maybe he's not as good as he was, you know, maybe this isn't the greatest year he ever had. Uh, but I mean, don't get it twisted either. Like I'd like to see some new blood in soon, but you also are, taking the risk of what is the program going to become. We've seen a couple of teams have great, fantastic switches from Coach K to Shire and from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis. Those have gone very, very well. Hubert Davis in his first season goes to the national championship game, and John Shire pulls in a really great recruiting class. Obviously, things are a little bit different in Syracuse because if you want to talk about sanctions, however – the recruiting has gone downhill since around 2016, 17, even before then. Uh, and you don't really have a great run of momentum to hand off to the next guy. However, I think it is getting a lot better and people don't give Bayheim credit when it's due. They just like to, you know, knock him down a peg when they can. Um, now also, is he likable? Absolutely not. I mean, 
the stuff he said to those two student reporters in back-to-back games, I think that was uncalled for. The first question from, uh, I think, I don't know who was, it was John Eads. I know it was John Eads, um, who I, good friend of mine. Uh, he was entirely in the right asking that question. And I think a lot of people agree with that. Now I saw some tweets that was defending Jim saying that, and he talked about it on his show was that he had just, you know, they just beat beaten Notre Dame close and another team close, whatever. Um, but I still think the question had merit and you don't have to respond to it like that. Uh, and the second one, I don't know, Sam Corcoran. I think that was the kid's name. I don't know him, but I thought his question was fine too. And he stood in this space and he went back at Bayheim after he kind of jawed at him. So, yeah, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy to be in that room. You and I were both in that room. And the first time you're in there, it's not either of those guys first time being in that room, but the first time you're in there, it is totally intimidating when you're a student. Yeah. Especially for somebody like me and maybe somebody like you as well, who I grew up watching and loving yeah. Jim. And you get in that room the first time, and I was like, oh, that's Jim. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it is definitely intimidating because you also see him, you know, go at reporters sometimes. So yeah. I commend both those guys to stand in their space and ask those questions. But all that to be saying, he's hasn't turned into a hugely likable figure uh, within Syracuse media. And that probably doesn't help when when it comes to whether or not people think he should stay or go. Um, I also think a lot of people have the question of what can Syracuse do to make sure it has that smooth transition that I just spoke about. I think a huge part of it is to let it be known who the successor is. We knew John Shire was taking over. We knew Hubert Davis was taking over. In Syracuse, all we know is that there's an ironclad plan. What is that? (laughs) What does that mean? Tell me it's either GMAC it's Autry or it's neither. I want to know that. Uh, I think yeah. everybody probably thinks it's GMAC. Uh, and I think that there's probably some uh, possibility for him to be named the coach at the end of the season. But I also don't have any inside information, and I'm totally guessing. Uh, and we all know that if Jim wants to stay, he's going to stay. And they, they, they can do yeah. pretty much nothing to force him out. Um, but one thing, uh... again, I just want to go back to this real quick. Yeah. You can't say he's a bad coach. I just I don't think he's a bad coach at all. I think he's a Correct. really, really solid coach and one of the best coaches in the country. Um, but you know, he is nearing 80 years old, and maybe it's time for some new blood. Uh, my my one big thing that I, I just can't quite get over to at this point as I look at sort of the succession plans uh from Duke and from UNC, right? When when Shire took over and and when you you look at, and Hubert Davis takes over. They're taking over from programs that had very successful past decades. Like the last 10 years in that program, you know, you've got really, really successful years withered within for both programs, winning seasons, one seeds in the tournament, uh, I believe national champions uh, in, in some cases, right? This is a team that really is outstanding. And, and the same goes for Duke, right? Both teams, I believe in the last decade, have won a national championship. What has Syracuse done in the last decade? And that's sort of where I I look at this. You know, you go from within. We're going from within in a program that is, you know, one seeds in a tournament and and shoe-ins for national title contenders is one thing. Going from within in a program that, as we just said, has not had a non-bubble entrance into the tournament since 2014. 
and and has not had great success recently, it's a little bit more difficult. So it's it's something that I'm curious about. And I think everybody in central New York just wants an idea of, of what might happen and when that might happen. Because I, I'm on the 1,000% same page as you, right? This is a guy that, you know, when I popped out of the womb, he was the Syracuse coach for 20 years already, more than 20 years already, right? He's a guy that is in my mind and in my lifetime and in the lifetime of probably over half of the Syracuse basketball fan base is the only coach you've ever known and is synonymous with Syracuse basketball and remains that. And in building yourself up, rightfully so, to that level, it is so conflicting because of how much he has done for Syracuse basketball and for Syracuse as a program and Syracuse athletics and Syracuse as a whole and all of that. It is so conflicting to have that in one hand and on the other hand, see that the program is not winning and see that he does not seem like a nice guy and see that he is as cranky as ever. Uh, And it is exponentially seeming to stand out a little bit more. Uh, It it presents an interesting dilemma and an interesting conversation. And I do not think that this is the last time uh, that this conversation will happen probably this week, right? This is the ongoing conversation. And every time, I think it was after, what game was it after Um, for Syracuse? I put up the tweet after Virginia Tech. And I believe the first seven responses for post-game thoughts after Virginia Tech, all of which were posted in like a two to three minute span, were fire Bayheim. This is on Bayheim. Bayheim is the worst. This whole coaching staff is garbage. Fire Bayheim. Fire Bayheim. Right? I don't think it has ever been this vocal in terms of the fan interpretation. And I will say this. I have a family member who has boycotted the Dome for the last two seasons because he will not go back to the Dome until Jim Beheim is not the head coach. That's hilarious. Okay. That is in my, not immediate family, but That's in my family, funny. I have somebody who is that adamant that it is time, that they will not attend a Syracuse basketball game until it is time. And Beheim is gone and there is something new. And I will say this, that individual is like a 30-year season ticket holder. It is not some random person that goes to a game or two every year. It's a long-time season ticket holder that feels that passionately. It is unfortunate. And I feel like, you know, I've used the word exponential a handful of times now. It is exponentially increasing in terms of the percentage of fans, even that were major supporters, and will defend Bayheim until it is time and, you know, whatever it is. But uh, as... It was mentioned, I jumped on the Locked On College Basketball podcast earlier today. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And to repurpose that quote that was used over there, uh, and I I don't think there is a more applicable situation to that right now. Yeah. It's well put from you. Um, Well, you know, there's nothing you and I. That That one wasn't (laughs) There's nothing you or, I, you or I are going to do uh, to change whether or not Jim is at the helm. Um, I, I do think he gets probably more flack than he deserves, but yeah. at the same time, uh, the results aren't there. So what can you really say? Um, well, 
we are nearing the end of the podcast. Owen, do you have any shout-outs you want to give in your classic Owen fashion? I do have a shout-out that I would like to give. Oh, Farewell that's so bones. sweet of you. Okay. <laughs> this is uh, it's a sad moment and a somber moment for me because I don't think I would have started this podcast if you were not on here to begin with. So it was it was you who brought me in and getting that phone call over the summer uh was awesome and it has been a fun however many months we've been doing this now uh i'm proud i'm excited for what you've got next uh and i cannot wait to have you back on as a guest moving forward i will hopefully make another appearance down the line but i want to appreciate you buddy uh glad you hopped on with me um well that is all the time that we have thanks for making lockdown syracuse your first listen Today and every day, go check out that podcast. Owen was talking about Lockdown College Basketball. Isaac and Andy on there. They're going to tell you everything you need to know on and off the court. Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He is Owen Valentine, and he will see you later.